Ourselves Black is a place where we own the narrative and are unapologetic about our goal, to share imagery, information, and stories infused with knowledge that promotes black mental health. This is the Ourselves Black podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Y. Vincent. On today's edition of the Ourselves Black podcast, part one of a two-part discussion about innovative solutions and the use of technology in addressing young adult mental health. Our guest expert, Dr. Anel Prim. Dr. Anel Prim is a community psychiatrist based in Baltimore, Maryland. She is the senior medical advisor for the STE Fund, the nation's only organization focused on the mental health and emotional well-being of college students of color. Dr. Prim was formerly Deputy Medical Director of the American Psychiatric Association and served as the APA's Director of the Office of Minority and National Affairs. She was previously Director of the Johns Hopkins Community Psychiatry Program, where she oversaw a variety of mental health services for adults. Dr. Prim has written and lectured widely on culture issues in mental health, eliminating disparities in mental health care, and the social determinants of mental health. Hello, and welcome to today's edition of the Ourselves Black Podcast. We have as our guest uh, the esteemed Dr. Anel Prim. Dr. Prim, welcome to today's show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And this is a two-part show, um, as many of our shows are, where we're going to have Dr. Prim on uh, talking about technology as a tool to promote uh, mental health. And in this show, we'll talk about it sort of in some broad strokes, and in the second part, We'll talk about some specific tools that uh, Dr. Prim has some special familiarity with um, in her uh, role um, with the C Fund. So, Dr. Prim, to start off, um, and Dr. Prim is someone of many talents and many hats who is nothing short of, of a celebrity um, in the minority mental health circles, particularly psychiatry. Um, and so there are lots of things that she could talk about um, at great length and with great knowledge. Um, but Dr. Prim, since we're talking about technology today, uh, please share with the audience how it is that you came to develop your interest in technology specifically as a tool to promote mental health. Um, you know, my, my introduction to technology, I think in general, um, it's probably average for someone of my uh, of my generation. Um, you know, I've certainly learned um, the benefits of um, using technology, even uh, you know, teleconferencing, um, you know, uh, telephone conference calls and telemedicine and um, you know, electronic health records. And, and there's just been. Um, so much technology that has been integrated into health and mental health care in recent years. And um, having access to technology uh, at one's fingertips with whatever one's devices, like smartphone or, or whatever, um, this has just made it you know, so much um, more a part of one's everyday existence. And so it certainly makes sense that um, the technology would be applied, you know, to uh, to the mental health field, and certainly in dealing with um, with college students of color and young people of color, uh, technology is is a, a really important, um, a really important tool. Uh, first of all, you know, young people uh, tend to be more knowledgeable uh, than 
those of us who are more senior, and, um, and, and it has certainly been a part of their lives from when they were, you know, very, very small. And so, uh, you know, sometimes they're referred to as technology natives, if you will. Um, and so it just makes sense that in dealing with mental health, uh, and mental health of young people and mental health of young people of color that um, using technology, which is, you know, just everywhere, um, that, that that would be an avenue for getting, connect, getting people connected with things that are helpful to their mental health. Um, and, you know, given the fact that, uh, you know, that, that young people of color, they have mental health concerns um, and mental illness just as much, you know, for the most part, very similar rates of mental illness and mental health concerns as other young people of different racial, ethnic, and cultural backgrounds. But the biggest difference is that they tend to be less likely, significantly less likely to get help for it. So they're more likely to suffer in silence to go without the services and supports that they need. And so making uh, mental health services or supports available through technology, you know, through one's personal device, so it's right there at your hand, accessible, you know, 24-7, and without cost you know, that eliminates so many of the barriers because, you know, one of the issues is that um, young people of color may not want to go into XYZ Mental Health Center and be seen walking in there, you know, because of concerns about uh, stigma. You know, they they want that privacy um, piece. And certainly using your own device and, you know, having access to apps and so forth that might support your mental health uh, are very attractive uh, to young people. And the fact that, you know, these things are low cost or no cost, you know, no more than whatever the cost of having your device is, um, really opens the door for people, you know, to have um, direct access um, to, you know, to mental health support. And so, you know, the Steve Fund, um, really from the beginning, that was one of their four, you know, main approaches. You know, they wanted to raise awareness. They wanted to, you know, increase knowledge. Uh, they wanted to um, kind of empower young people um, to have a voice as far as advocacy about mental health and, and reducing stigma uh, associated with mental illness. And then they also wanted to... Um, use technology innovations. And so when I came on board with the Steve Fund, uh, I was very pleased to see um, how much they were focused on uh, utilizing technology. You know, it just made sense to find a way to increase access at a low cost because honestly sometimes finances are a barrier to students and young people receiving mental health services. If they don't have insurance or, and, or don't have places near them um, that offer mental health services, let's say for free or on a sliding scale, and you know, even for folks who are employed and have employer-based insurance or their parents do, and you know, with the Affordable Care Act, people can stay on their parents' insurance until they're age 26. 
Um, but even if one's parents are insured, uh, what often happens is that um, there's a copay associated with um, receiving mental health services, and um, that copay could be a barrier, you know, if it's a significant amount. And some some mental health professionals, psychiatrists and others, they don't even want to go that route. They don't accept insurance, period, and they want to be paid up front, you know, uh, hundreds of dollars. So that, you know, is a real obstacle um, to a lot of people. So having access, you know, on your smartphone or whatever your personal device is, um, to uh, apps and uh, online resources is really, you know, such a great advance. And um, I'm just so happy to be around at a time when we can make, um, you know, mental health tools and um, resources, you know, so easily available, you know, to the community. And so... I think a lot of times when people hear tech or using applications, you know, you think about the, the sort of cool factor, but it sounds like with this, you know, there's a the cool factor, but there's also this is really about access and addressing disparities and helping people um, who have these barriers, you know, circumvent them by approaching things in an innovative way. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think, you know, also with that, that privacy piece, you know, given mm-hmm. some of the stigma that still uh, surrounds uh, seeking services, for people to be able to do something on their own terms, you know, when they want it, you know, if, if they want it at all, and then accessing it when they want it, because some of these um, technology resources, you know, can be accessed 24 hours a day. So, um, you know, I think they're really um, very advantageous, you know, especially for a population like, you know, people of color in general and young people of color in particular, um, you know, who may be, you know, at risk for mental health concerns given their age, you know, this being the age where, um, you know, the kind of uh, teenage years into early adulthood when a lot of mental illnesses first appear, um, you know, like depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, et cetera. And then on top of that, you know, it's a time of great stress and where the brain is developing, you know, um, usually up until the age of 26 or so. So this is a time when a lot of stuff is going on and, and, um, and, and you know, young people can get in trouble, you know, when they are going through all of these things, all these stressors and, you know, if, if their needs, mental health needs, go unrecognized, you know, it can have um, negative consequences. So for us to be conscious of these things and to be using tools that are at young people's fingertips, it just makes all the sense in the world. And Dr. Prim has mentioned uh, the C Fund a few times, and Dr. Prim is um, the, let me make sure I get your title right, Senior Medical Officer, is that yeah, right? Senior Medical Advisor, yes. Senior Medical Advisor um, for the C Fund. Um, and I know they've done some research about the use of technology in promoting uh, mental health in young people. Yes, they have. Um, you know, one of the partnerships that the C Fund um, has 
had is with a uh, organization called Crisis Text Line, um, and Crisis Text Line uh, provides you know 24/7 access to counselors uh, that you know people can can access if they are experiencing a crisis. And um, we have found um, that the use of a crisis text line for young people of color, you know, has been met uh, very positively, um, and has helped. It's not a replacement for you know mental health therapy, but it is um, a way of young people having you know immediate access. Uh, to someone that they can communicate with by text, who is a trained counselor, and um, and what what the Steve Fund has done is actually to create um, access by texting Steve to seven four one seven four one. That will actually um, you know kind of uh, put them in a track with other young people of color, so that um, we can continue to. Um, Collect information. Of course, all of this is anonymous, um, but we are able to, to to see, you know, what times of day, you know, people are are, are um, most likely to um, to text in for this uh, crisis text line service, and you know, what are some of the concerns um, that that they uh, are expressing, um, and and one of the things that we did early on was to um, recruit a group of uh, crisis text line counselors of color uh, to be available for the young people of color who use the service, um, and also um, to develop a uh, cultural competence um, curriculum uh, so that uh, all of the counselors would be aware of some of the cultural issues um, that they may um, read um, in the text uh, of the people that um, use the service. So um, that's one example of a partnership that Steve Hunt has had that has been um, very successful. Uh, also, the uh, Persistence Plus. Uh, this is a technology innovation that um, designs and delivers um, kind of nudges or reminders uh, for students, um, encouraging text mes messages. Um, it um, also uh, helps students to achieve their academic goals, and you know maybe if they're experiencing some obstacles, it, it may give them some tips on that. And you know the approach that this Persistence Plus uses is, you know, to really encourage the student um, in their growth in terms of you know how they're thinking about their college experience, um, really helping to um, to reinforce their um, college identity. Um, and it also helps um, them in terms of their social um, adjustment in the college environment. And some of the um, early data that we've gotten um, in utilizing Persistence Plus, especially um, in the community college environment, but also um, at the University of Washington Tacoma, we utilized it on 2,000 students, who, uh, 2,000 students who were predominantly students of color, and um, you know we found that 
many of them had, you know, high uh, to moderate to high levels of stress, um, especially late in the term when it's time for exams, um, you know, a very high anxiety around math and science courses. But what we, what we found was that for those students who used the Persistence Plus, um, that they were, you know, more likely, you know, to matriculate uh, than students who didn't. Um, you know, I think I mentioned um, previously that, that when students um, have academic difficulty and maybe end up leaving college altogether, the main reason for that is because of, of mental health concerns like, like depression and anxiety. And so if with um, resources like Crisis Text Line um, and Persistence Plus um, that we can um, you know, provide easy access um, to students to you know, manage their stress um, and be encouraged uh, and supported you know, that can really eliminate or at least reduce, you know, some of the risk factors that surround them and, uh, and help them move forward in achieving their goals, you know, academically, socially, and, and so forth. Awesome, because that's ultimately what it's, what it's all about. And so um, in part two of this, we're going to get into more detail about these programs and, and you know, how and why they were developed and, and how they work. And so if this has piqued your interest, hopefully you'll tune in for that. Um, Dr. Prince, for folks who want to get into contact with you or the C Fund or learn more about it, what's the best way for them to do that? Okay. Uh, if they would like to um, reach out to the C Fund on the website, there's a wealth of information there, um, including the C Fund Knowledge Center that has um, – you know, papers, presentations, interviews, and so forth, and connections to webinars. You could get that by www.stevefund.org. Uh, our Twitter address is at the Steve Fund, and our email address is info at stevefund.org, and our phone number is four zero one two four nine zero zero. And uh, the address, if you'd like to write the Steve Fund, is the Steve Fund, P.O. Box 9070, Providence, Rhode Island, 02940. Awesome. Dr. Prim, thank you so much for your time and your expertise today. My pleasure. Thank you.